Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're so glad you joined us here for the conversation. Our study of the Gospel of Mark is focusing on the busy, productive, and life-changing work of Jesus in action. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Welcome back, my friends, to today's episode of Everyday Truth. I am uh, really excited about these postcards that I've been getting in the mail. I'm like a little kid when they come in. Uh, And this is a very special postcard uh, from a family, a dear family friend, a neighbor of ours from many, many years ago. uh, And that is Janice Nilsson. Janice, thank you for sending this postcard all the way from Norway. Hey, when I grew, grew up in East Heartland, uh, 50, well, I'm, I'll be 57 this year or so, uh, 55 years ago, 50, 50 years ago, uh, Janice was my next door neighbor and my whole town, East Hartland, Connecticut, we're all Norwegians. My mom is Norwegian. Matter of fact, her maiden, maiden name is Nilsson and Janice Nilsson Christensen uh, moved back to Norway. And this is a picture of the fjord. Uh, near where she lives, my mom actually told me that when I was a little boy, I went and visited this very lighthouse. So thank you for that postcard from Norway. Janice, appreciate you listening to the podcast. Hey, we're in Mark chapter six, and Jesus is in full swing in his public ministry. We talked a bit yesterday about uh, the brothers of the Lord and how Jesus was not honored or received in his hometown of Nazareth, uh, not just once, but twice in his public ministry. And now we're in verse number seven, where the Bible says, and he called unto him the 12. So at this point, the 12 apostles have been chosen. They've been selected specifically that they might be with Jesus. Remember, we talked about that in Mark chapter three. And he's training them, training them not just through words, but through his example. Uh, They're spending all of their waking hours with him. And now there's a time in his ministry where it's time for them to go out by themselves. And as uh, as is often the case in the Bible, uh, they go out two by two. We see that throughout the Bible, whether it's the sending out of the 12 here in Galilee or the 70 later on in Judea or even in the early stages of the the church. We see Peter and John that were serving together uh, there in the early chapters in Acts. We see uh, Paul and Barnabas working together, or later on, Paul and Silas. It just seems as if there's great accountability and encouragement when one serves with somebody else. So here, Jesus sends them out two by two, Verse number seven, and he began to send them forth by two and two. He gave them power over unclean spirits. So interestingly, Jesus now gives the disciples the power to do some miracles, miracles that will help people, miracles that will demonstrate their authority over the unseen demonic world. But remember, miracles in the Bible were not an end in and of themselves, but miracles were intended to be validations and um, attention getters uh, for a much more important part of ministry, and that's the message 
of the gospel. So primarily, these were not to be miracle workers per se, but rather uh, proclaimers of the gospel message. And the Bible says in verse number eight, and commanded them that they should take nothing for their journey, save a staff only, walking stick, no scrip, that means no like backpack, no, no bread, no money in their purse, uh, no, be, be shod with sandals, uh, and not put on two coats. Uh, what's the point? The point in all of this is that Jesus is saying, listen, do, go, go on this journey and don't have all these extra supplies. Be totally reliant upon the goodness and grace of others as you go. Don't be sidetracked by stuff. Boy, that'd be a good way to say it. And just go, trusting me. I'll, I'll take care of you. I will provide along the way. Uh, you will be shown hospitality. Uh, you will also be rejected. Uh, but go. And uh, there ought to be an immediacy to your going. There ought to be a faith to your going. And what, what, a, what an indictment that is upon many of us that feel that, hey, I would serve God, but I don't have enough, or I'm not ready, or I'm not prepared enough. And the Lord is just giving us a, a lesson on, on faith, a lesson on, on trusting Him, a, a lesson, I guess that is faith, uh, a lesson on immediacy. And so what happens? Well, they, they go. Look at verse number 10 as it continues to teach them. He said unto them, In what place soever ye enter into an house, there abide till ye depart from that place. So understand that in Bible days, for a visiting rabbi, teacher, to come into a town, there was a high value placed upon hospitality. So if a stranger were to come to your house, then typically in those days, you would take him in. It would be your obligation to feed him, to provide shelter for him. But many times people, especially itinerant people, would travel from house to house and, and go through all of the niceties of hospitality. And hospitality itself on the part of these disciples could be a distraction because you're going from house to house and receiving hospitality here and there. And what Jesus said is, no, when you go to a place, abide in that one place. Don't get sidetracked even by the hospitality of people, but see it as a, a blessing. You're going to have a place to stay. You're going to have some food to eat. But your main focus needs to remain upon helping people physically, spiritually, especially through the message that you're going to preach. Look at verse number 11. And whosoever shall not receive you, so that would be receive you in the ter in terms of hospitality and also receive you in terms of the message that you're going to preach. So whosoever will not receive you nor hear you. So there's the, the two parts to it. When you depart thence, shake off the dust under your feet for a testimony against them. So you know this, the Jewish people of Jesus' day were very prejudiced against non-Jews. Uh, they looked at the Gentiles as dogs. And dogs, we look at dogs today as man's best friend. We, we love our dogs and our pets. But dogs back in Bible days were 
looked down upon. They were the scavengers. They were the ones that were uh, the dirty kind of dingo kind of dogs that you'll see in third world countries. That's the way it was. And so even that story about Lazarus and Luke chapter 16, the famous story, the dogs licked his wounds. That's not to be viewed as, wow, that the, the nice dogs were caring for Lazarus. No, it just meant that the dogs were there to eat the scraps that fell from the rich man's table, just like Lazarus was. The dogs weren't his comfort, they were his competition. So here, the Bible says that, uh, well, I'll say it in a moment, but the Jews uh, looked at Gentiles like they're dogs. Uh, they, they are, they're not worthy of my attention. And if a Jew would walk through a Gentile city or a Samaritan city, he would ceremoniously take his sandals and, and clap them together and shake off the dust. Like, I don't want there to be any vestige of Gentile contact with me. So now Jesus kind of turns the table, doesn't he? To say, go, preach the gospel to these cities. And if they don't receive you, if they don't hear you, then treat them as the rejectors of Messiah that they really are. Shake off the dust of their feet. Wow, what a stark illustration that is. How serious it is to receive the message of Christ. Watch what he goes on to say. It's even more startling. Verse number 11. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Now that almost seems uh, that, that, that's startling to think that Jesus was saying that these cities in Galilee, full of Jewish people that worshiped Jehovah God, that had synagogues in their cities, that went to the temple for the various feast times, that if they rejected the message of the gospel through Jesus Christ, that they actually are committing a sin that is worthy of more judgment than the heinous reputational sins of Sodom and Gomorrah. Wow, what a statement. Because Sodom and Gomorrah served as like the nth degree example to the, to the Jews of that day of just how sinful and bad people can get. And yet Jesus was saying, no, you're worse if you reject me. Why? The point is that unto whomsoever much is given shall be much required. And the fact that they were given great opportunity, the fact that they saw Jesus, the fact that they were introduced to his ministry, the fact that the miracles would be done among them and they would still not receive, still not hear, boy, there's a high, high level of accountability for that kind of rejection. Look at verse number 12 just as we close, and they went out. So here's the response of the disciples to this Galilean tour, uh, this uh, assignment that they've received, these six groups of two that are going out. And the Bible says, and they went out and preached uh, that men should repent. Why? Because that's always the first part of the message. The first part of the message is always change your thinking. That's what repentance is, meta noeo, to change one's thinking. Remember when Jesus' ministry was introduced all the way back in Mark chapter 1? He, he began to pre preach repent 
and believe the gospel. Uh, repentance and faith are really two sides of the same coin. Because you can't invest faith in Jesus unless you've changed your mind about where your faith currently is. And you can't invest real faith without changing your mind. And you can't really change your mind without investing faith. And so they really look at the same issue from two perspectives. Repentance is what I'm rejecting, what I'm changing my mind about. And faith is what I'm putting my mind or my attention, my faith in. Get that? And so preach repentance, and then verse number 13, and they cast out many devils and anointed with oil many that were sick and healed them. So as an added kind of validation that their message of repentance was the true message from God, the message of the real and authentic Messiah, they had this ability given to them by Christ to heal the sick, to cast out demons, to validate that the message indeed was a message of power and a message that should be believed. So I hope that helps today. We covered a little bit more than we typically do, uh, but uh, that that's the section, Mark uh, 6, verses 7 through 13. We'll jump right back in next episode in verse number 14. Hope you'll join us for that. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.